0: Hi, and welcome to another VG Oncology podcast. Today, we'll be hearing from Lisa Carey and Alex Pratt, who discuss advances in breast cancer care and management from the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, including highlights from the meeting, as well as recent updates from the Mona Lisa studies.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa Carey from the University of North Carolina, and I'm here with...
0: I'm Alex Pratt, (laughs) medical oncologist from Hospital Clinic in Barcelona, Spain.
1: And we are here doing a VJ session for VJ Oncology here at San Antonio uh, 2021. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We are here on the first day. And Alex, I'm very excited about tomorrow's presentation about the overall survival data from the pooled analysis of the Mona Lisa 2, 3, and 7 trials. Um, Alex, why don't you tell the story about the PFS analysis, and then we'll catch everybody up on what's going to be presented tomorrow.
0: Sure, Listen, and this, as as you pointed out, the work presented uh, tomorrow by you is uh, is the surprise work that we reported uh, last year, um, which is basically the first analysis of intrinsic subtyping in homo receptor positive or two negative advanced disease, and in the context of three large phase three trials, which are the Mona Lisa 2, Mona Lisa 3, and Mona Lisa Lisa 7. In that study, we showed that uh, intrinsic subtyping um, might be important in the sense that first, You identify all the subtypes within Home Receptor positive or to negative with different distributions, luminal luminalase were the vast majority, 50% uh, approximately, followed by luminal Bs, around 28%. And then you have these non-luminals, which I think are interested and in, uh, we can we can discuss now, the hurt and reach, around 13%, and then 3% of basals. And what we showed in that uh, first report is that subtypes are prognostic uh, on one hand, strongly prognostic from a PFS uh, perspe- perspective, but also potentially predictive. And uh, what we observe is that Ribocyclip uh, ribocyclic um, is effective in luminal A's, luminal B's, and her Rich, reach, which was kind to me unexpected, and we can discuss that. And it was not effective in basal likes, no? So see, this was the work presented, and I think now we have the opportunity, and you, maybe Lisa can point it out, uh, what we've done now.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the PFS uh, differences and the, the heterogeneity of breast cancer, particularly hormone receptor-positive breast cancer, the fact that it's molecularly so heterogeneous, that plays out in ways that are prognostically really important, and as you point out, the PFS data suggested that it was going to play out in a in a therapeutically meaningful way, um, uh, particularly for the herd to enrich which I think people were a little surprised at, at those data. But the survival data that's going to be presented tomorrow, you know, it holds up. I mean, prognostically, it makes a big difference. It's even more striking, right. the differences in prognosis between the luminal subtypes and the non luminal subtypes, which, you know, this is t- more than 20% of the population. So, this is actually clinically an important subset. Um, uh, and it does look like, from a survival standpoint, you start to compensate in the HER2 enriched group, which was doing very poorly, with I think a less than 30-month mm-hmm. uh, uh, overall survival, and they move up into the, you know, almost to the luminal B group. Um, so I think, you know, as we're heading down this, this road of trying to get away from ER, PR, and HER2 as being the defining characteristics of, of breast cancer, um, we're now seeing in the metastatic setting, as we know in the early setting, the underlying biology is crucial for how these tumors behave. Um, do you want to talk about what your next steps are going to be?
0: Well, I think plenty of ideas, right? I think now, based on this data, many different um, no, potential prospective trials should be done, in, in my view. One I think we're very happy about is you know, the, the collaboration uh, between SALTI and AFT, Alliance Foundation, together with, with Novartis, to, to be able to run a prospective phase three trial Pre selecting patients based on intrinsic subtyping, no? using tumor biopsies, metastatic tumor biopsies. No? We're talking about more than 2,600 patients screened in, in Spain, Portugal, and in the US, so huge effort. And focus on, on the Heart and Rich, which is a group that uh, no doubt the ribocyclic is effective from a PFS and on os perspective, but this is a group that needs attention at the end of the day. They don't have a, an outstanding overall survival, so I think studying that group is going to be very crucial and in particular in Harmonia, testing if uh, different CDKs might have different activity in, in hurt and reach. I think it's, a, it's an important because this is a group that uh, uh, the first treatment is important. Actually, when we look at the overall survival curves, they separate very fast in the Hurricane and reach with, with right. ribocyclips, suggesting that it's very important that uh, you choose the right drugs in this population that you might lose if you don't treat them uh, right. So, at the same time, Harmonia will have an opportunity to focus on the basals, which Again, it's three percent, but in other contexts, like our lung cancer colleagues, three uh, percent is still, it's still a population of patients that we see in the clinic. No, and definitely, these patients don't benefit from endocrine-based treatments, uh, including CDK4 inhibitors. So, in Harmonia, uh, we are planning to, to treat these patients with chemo, a chemo-based uh, treatment, which is going to allow us to see if chemo in these patients uh, makes more sense than just starting with a CDK and waiting for, for an early progression. Uh, so. Yeah, these are the type of studies I think, uh, and only that we should be thinking about, no, selecting patients based on subtyping. I think uh, just using as you pointed out, doctor positive or two negative, uh, is is not enough.
1: No, it's not. And I think we're super excited. I mean, this you know was your brainchild, Harmonia, which is really a, a unique uh, opportunity to do an umbrella trial mm-hmm. in metastatic hormone receptor positive or two negative breast cancer. An umbrella trial defined by you know a transcriptomic feature that we know is important. We know it's important from early breast cancer, and these okay. data in Mona Lisa suggest it's equally important in the metastatic setting, and now to build a trial prospectively to demonstrate that you should be parsing out the biology according to to its, you know, where the Achilles heels are, and, you know, I think you point out the basal-like group, you know, you can't it can't salvage a non-hormonally driven tumor mm-hmm. with hormone therapy even with the cdk4-6 inhibitor um, and then the other ones i think uh you know this is also an opportunity for us to learn more about the biology um, and some of these uh some of the things that you've been working on so hard as well as as many others you know at integrating ways to identify the biology and which only helps if we can therapeutically target it so we're very excited about this
0: i agree and i think I mean, doing retrospective analysis is great, and we need to keep doing retrospective analysis in metastatic. No, The Aurora projects uh, in, in Europe and the US are, are perfect examples, but we also need to do these prospective trials with you know, well-annotated uh, cohorts, with homogeneous treatments, so we can learn um, not only the biological features, but also how those biological features are, are linked to particular uh, outcomes, no? and I think that's what's going to inform us really how to move forward, no? because. I mean, the TCGA dataset has been um, very important for the community, but at the end of the day, it's just a description of what's out there, no, what you can find in in early disease in in this particular setting, but we need to link these two outcomes to be able to to, to design trials.
1: Well, and you raise an incredibly important point, which is, you know, the evolution of cancers um, as they go from the primary setting to the metastatic setting itself, you know, ignoring the biologic shifts that also happen there, I mean, You know, we've seen that you see subtype shifting. You know, there are acquisition of therapeutically germane um, other aberrations. So one of the things that you built into Harmonia, and I'll I'll admit that I was skeptical at first, um, uh, was that it's really done off of the biology in the metastatic yeah, think, disease, which yeah. is, of course, the bi- relevant biology that you're treating at yeah. that time. Um, yeah. And I think it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a great opportunity to study the archival tumors and be able to you know, have a large data set where we can compare primary versus metastatic, really study these changes that occur. And we already know in this mm, report. But we need to link, again, those two to outcomes. No, A, luminal a that becomes certain rich No, what's going on, no? versus maybe. Uh, a luminal B and there, that changes to Luminal A in the metastatic. That we, you see these cases, but probably in the future we can, based on that, we can um, design trials that could change clinical practice, no? In different Maybe ways. Maybe
1: should anti-HER2 therapy to the HER2 enriched. Maybe we can <laughs> we can get them even better. That's not part of Harmonia. No, that that's is Harmonia.
0: We'll, well, but these are the type <laughs> of things that um, we need to think about because it's true. that Breast cancer compared to lung, single DNA somatic mutations are not really getting us much anywhere, no. And um, uh, in general, no, not in breast cancer, uh, not in so, breast cancer right. so probably we need to go to the RNA, to the proteins, no, to really characterize these tumors and, and develop different different strategies. It is true, no, that there is a lot of confusion uh, regarding, no, HER2 positivity and HER2 rich, no. I always get this question, no, oh, uh, 'cause people use subtyping sometimes, um, especially in Europe that we can know, uh, so some it report that and and the question is if they can treat these patients with therapy despite being her too negative by ASCOCAP CAP guidelines, no and I think always say, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, we don't have the evidence today to do that. If it's HER2-negative, it's HER2-negative. But it's true, I mean, I think we need to, to evaluate if HER2 pathway is activated somehow and we can target it with antibodies or with TKIs. But, but I think the studies need, need, to be, need to be done. But again, we're looking at different things. When, when we talk about HER2-enrich, we're not really talking about HER2-positivity. We're talking just about a particular phenotype of the cell no, that resembles the classical HER2-positive, HER2-enriched tumors. But HER2 is not overexpressed, or so something else is going on. Uh, right, uh, but underneath. the HER2
1: pathway is turned on, right? And some of the data from HER2 activating mutations would suggest yeah. that, in fact, maybe not with every anti-HER2 drug, but exactly. you you can turn that off, and that exactly. may be therapeutically relevant.
0: Exactly, right? That's something
1: that people are looking at.
0: So regarding HER2 mutations, you know, I'll be we uh, we're, we're going to present. Um, uh, tomorrow, a post discussion, no, uh, ctdna based analysis across the Mona Lisa program. So we linked mm-hmm. intrinsic subtypings and the features at the ctDNA level. Um, and this is interesting because in, in the Mona Lisa program, subtyping was done mostly in primary tumors, you know, uh, 70% approximately, only 30% were metastatic, whereas now, in this analysis, we have plasma ctDNA obtained right before starting therapy. And what's interesting is that we, we compare the two um, they are similar or expected in, in the sense that what we see in plasma is what we would expect to see in luminal A's, luminal B, certain rich and basals. Uh, if this was done in primary disease. So for example, when in the Mona Lisa program we say it's a luminal A, at the DNA level in plasma, before starting therapy, you see not many copy number um, alterations, P mutation, highly enriched, no not much PSD mutation. So you see the classical features you know, so definitely despite 70% of the tumors in the Mona Lisa were primary uh, tumors. They're still, you know, um, identifying the right biology. And th- there is subtype switching going on, but it's probably not gonna be for everybody. And that's why we see this, this consistent.
1: Well, the subtype switching on the basis of RNA expression may be different than yes. what you're seeing at, yes, the, at totally. the gene level, right? It may all yeah. be, you know, something that happens post-genetic. Yeah. And, and I think that's that is one of the things we're gonna learn over time. We don't yeah. really know how to Kind of align the dna the rna yep. the proteins the proteogenomics the you know as we as we uh get more sophisticated i think it's going to be super important yeah. um yeah i'm no, looking forward to tomorrow's there's a bunch of these ctDNA yes. uh trials and, exactly. and and uh sort of trying to figure out how to fit circulating uh, liquid liquid biopsies into the into how we approach yeah. breast cancer. It's going to have to be done on a trial basis, though, because at the moment none exactly. of us know what
0: the right thing exactly. to do with. Exactly. And the issue we have in the metastatic is you know, um, biopsying patients on treatment and progression. This is something that, unfortunately, we should be doing, if we could, but it's challenging uh, in yeah. daily practice. You know? So if we have a trial that has a op- unique opportunity to do that, I think we need to do it because it's going to be very informative, and then we'll see how much value we gain by re you no. Know? But if we don't, we don't show it. Uh, right. It's hard to do it in, in daily practice. A- another aspect no, is the hypothesis behind um, what Ripocyclib is doing no, to really improve PFS, especially in these highly proliferative luminal Bs and in the heart and reach, but not only PFS, now OS. OS no? yeah. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a hypothesis. We don't have the right answer. Harmonia might be able to help us a little bit more regarding that, but I don't know what you think about really what's happening. No? These tumors are not endocrine sensitive, but then they become, and you extend OS. And, you think this is true subtype switching that even remains uh, this biology uh, stable at progression, for example, and these patients are responding more after progression, and that's why OS is improved. Yeah. Or what do you think?
1: Well, you know, I think you're you're hitting on a really important feature, which is the you know the RNA expression, the heter- heterogeneity you see there, doesn't change the fact that I mean these tumors all were hormone receptor positive and HER2 negative right. coming in, so right. been using clinical uh, features. And just as you see a HER2-positive breast cancer is very heterogeneous, that doesn't mean anti-HER2 drugs don't work. So right. it's also true that anti-estrogen approaches in these tumors, I think, mm-hmm. are also appropriate. Um, and it may well be that, you know, I always think of ribocyclib and the other CDK4, 6 inhibitors primarily helper drugs, mm-hmm. right? They are assisting the endocrine therapy to be more yeah. effective. Um, so these are all still endocrine, you know, for the, except for the basils, we'll stipulate the basils <laughs> yeah, are probably not, there, yeah, out they're out on the, their own the equation, yeah. But the, It does suggest that the HER2 enriched are still, you know, they are still being driven by similar pathways as you would expect them yeah. to be. They're just more proliferative and more, you know, the, and, and arguably you are seeing a little bit more of an effect of the CDK4-6 inhibitor. Exactly and there may be some differences amongst those drugs which at the moment none of us really have a reason to think of them as being particularly different from one yeah. another but these are the kind of data and you know today we saw mm-hmm. you know further analysis of palace right which you know the the monarch e study in the early setting with abemacyclib as now holding up as being a positive study, whereas Pallas, which looks very similar, yeah. um, you know is, is but using a different CDK46 inhibitor in the adjuvant setting is a negative study where in the metasac setting they both seem to behave the same. So I think we are starting to see some sunlight between yeah. between and among the CDK46 inhibitors that may be helpful for us to choose amongst them in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, and also, we are waiting for you non know, metastatic data, still the OS data from Palvo Cyclade, right. no, in the first line. Right. So, that's the thing going to tell us no? um, there are differences in that setting that you start seeing some differences. No? Palvo potentially being less effective in endocrine resistant context, no? and ABEMA and right, well, maybe, some analysis, I know, but there might be these things now, the adjuvant data. But we'll see the future. Always data for for the first line in in Palvo and Anabema. But anyway, I, th- I do think that this concept is there, and, and these drugs. At the end of the day, they have to- different toxicities, no, uh, and the doses are different, and despite the chemical formulas looking quite similar. So maybe we'll we'll we'll, we'll be able we'll to have show more sophistication <laughs> in the future. Yes, more I sophistication in this through. regard, using <laughs> biology potentially to selecting patients. I think that's yeah. well, that's something that we need to explore.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, Thank you, Alex. No, thank you, Lisa. Always lovely to chat with you. (laughs) Oh, very nice to
0: talk to you, Lisa. (laughs) We'd like to thank Lisa Carey and Alex Pratt for sharing their thoughts on the latest news from the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. If you have found this podcast useful, please leave a review and subscribe on your podcast app, including Apple, Spotify, and Podbean, so we can continue to deliver expert-led content to you. Follow us on Twitter at Vjo Oncology and join in the conversation. And finally, don't forget to visit BGOncology.com for all the latest updates in the breast cancer field.